0: And welcome to the podcast where you will heal the relationship with yourself, unlearn the limiting beliefs that tell you it's better to blend in than stand out, and realize that you are more than enough. You are incredible. I am your host, Susan Padron, an intuitive personal stylist, an award-winning author featured in InStyle and many publications accessible all over the world. I am a tattooed queer mom who is showing up to give you the gentle nudge or emotional hug, whichever you need, so that you can give yourself the permission to be you. This is the Susan Padrone Podcast. Why I don't have a coming out story. So I'm bisexual, but I've always dated men. The end. (laughs) Just kidding. I decided to record this episode and share my story because we love vulnerable conversations on the Susan Padron podcast, but also because I want to help other people feel seen. Everyone in the queer community has a unique experience, especially when it comes to coming out. I don't really have a coming out story, but I do have a lived queer experience that's important to share. In this episode I will use the terms bi, bisexual, and queer interchangeably because to me and many others they are. Queer used to be a term that was used derogatorily but in recent years has been reclaimed and now is used more as a broad term to describe anyone in the LGBTQIA+ community. One of the most recent definitions of bisexuality that I heard from James Rose or James is smiling on TikTok is that you are attracted to a similar gender to your own and other people, or by in the sense of self and other. You know, there are still arguments that bisexuality is limited to the gender binary, meaning attracted to men and women, but it is actually an all-encompassing term. During this conversation, you're going to hear me use gender terms limiting to the binary as a way of just me describing my past. So we are pushed toward binaries. You're either gay or straight, man or woman, and really both gender and sexuality are spectrums. The binary for either is irrelevant. I am not the type of person that likes to be put in a box. You put me in a box, I'm going to do everything I can to break my way out of it. However... Growing up in the 90s and 2000s, bisexuality was viewed as performative, experimental, like something you just do when you're drunk in college. And trust me, I used being drunk and in college as an excuse to hook up with other women. I also realized much later in life that apparently not everyone had that experience. And if you did, it's because you're queer. (laughs) I... Knew that I was queer probably by the time I was in eighth grade. So in middle school, my boyfriend at the time helped me to realize that, which I am really grateful for. Before that realization, I remember a girl that I was friends with in middle school and we were inseparable. I admired everything about her and I felt jealous when she would flirt with other people in front of me and... I even remember cuddling with her on the couch one time at her house and saying, I really like this, but also feeling like I needed to say something else like, oh, I can't wait to cuddle like this with a boyfriend or something. I vaguely remember her asking me why it had to be with a boy, but I don't know what kind of compulsive heterosexuality-based response I had. And that friendship ended like a breakup. It was ugly. And it took me about 20 years or so to realize why. She was my first girlfriend, even though we didn't have the title, even though we never talked about it that way, she was. And when I realized that, it made me feel really sad for both the younger version of me and the younger version of her. I'm, I'm fairly certain that there's like a Sex in the City episode where they're talking about like a bisexual man. And one of the characters says something to the effect of bisexual women and bisexual men both turn out the same. They both end up with men, which, you know, completely devalues bisexuality. And that's what I grew up with. And that's also what I told myself. Whenever it would come up that I'm bi, I would always make sure to justify it by saying something like, Oh, I only hook up with women. I can never date one. Even saying that now makes me cringe in the worst way. I just want to go back and ask myself, why the fuck not? Again, because bisexual erasure is real, and it's been a battle for a long time. I never outright told my parents I'm queer or I'm bisexual, because I thought I would only date men, so what difference did it make? My parents have been very accepting of all kinds of people. So I knew that, of course, they would still love me. They do still love me now that they know. (laughs) How did they find out? Honestly, from social media or my newsletter or a podcast interview. (laughs) And uh, now it's in the intro to my podcast. I didn't always have that kind of comfort level being so open about being queer, I was actually concerned about it when I first became a personal stylist. Part of my job involves the fact that people get changed and often naked in front of me. I never wanted anyone to feel uncomfortable for any reason being around me, especially when it comes down to the vulnerability they experience during our sessions. What I eventually realized was... That the more I allowed myself to be seen fully, including being queer, the more I was able to help other people feel seen. I forget exactly when I did it, but sometime in 2020 or 2021, I chose to include being bi in my Instagram bio. I remember it was during a time when service providers were trying to show potential clients that they were allies by adding a rainbow to their bio. And I didn't just want people to know I was an ally. I wanted them to know I was part of their community. When I became the wardrobe stylist for Youthphoria, which you can hear all about Youthphoria in episode five with Youthphoria's founder, Shannon Collins, I realized how much I like being able to share with people that I'm queer. The fact that every member of Youthphoria's team is queer is a big deal, especially for our participants. We're not just allies, we're with you. Being active on Instagram and TikTok gave me a lot of clarity about how I wanted to embrace my sexuality, especially during 2020 and after, because the conversation around being queer was actually being discussed with all kinds of people. Hearing people talk about how being bisexual doesn't mean that you have to like men and women 50-50. It doesn't have to be an even split. And now that we're, you know, including all genders too, that really breaks it down even further. Like it doesn't have to be even in order to consider yourself bisexual. The validation also, the validation that it doesn't matter how old you were when you came out, you are still queer enough. Something else that, you know, we're seeing all over social media now And it's so wonderful. Also that your sexuality is not dependent or directly connected to your dating and sexual history. Neither does your marriage status. The fact that I am married to a cisgendered heterosexual man does not make me any less queer. But it was making me feel less visible as a queer person. And that's one of the many reasons why I feel obligated to talk about being queer. It would be easy to erase my queer identity, pretend it doesn't exist, act like my bisexuality doesn't matter, but it matters to me. I love being part of the queer community. I enjoy being open about my sexuality. And I may decide later on in life that I don't need to be as vocal about it. But for now, I choose to share about it with you. I also want to end this episode by saying, even if you're queer and you're not out, for whatever the reason, it's okay. You are still seen and valued. And I hope at some point you will feel safe enough to be completely you until next time. Thanks for taking the time to listen. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts.